Hello and welcome to this week's Hong Kong Heritage, which is coming from the Hakka village of Lai Chi Wo, situated near the border area of Sha Tau Kok in the northeastern New Territories. Lai Chi Wo is located within the Plover Cove Country Park, near Yan Chao Tong Marine Park. Last week, community artist Evelina Liang Kan took me to Lung Yut Tao near Fan Ling to join a group of elderly women singing their bridal laments. For this week's programme, she takes me to Lai Chi Wo. Both places are part of a wider arts, community and heritage project Evelina is carrying out with some funding coming from the University of Hong Kong. I get aboard the 9am ferry at Tolo Harbour, just a short walk from the University MTR stop. And from there, head off on a one and a half hour ferry ride to Lai Chi Wo, where I meet a group of community artists and their friends for rice planting, hakka singing and braid weaving. Evelinia starts off by explaining the background to her projects in the village. We are now in Lai Chi Wo, so one of the remote hakka village in Hong Kong. And we pass by the primary school, and we also pass by the temple. And that big piece of land with the two big banyan trees is where used to the villagers would gather, you know, have fun and festival. And now we are walking into the rice field, and a group of the artists, the environmental artists, have uh, three pieces of land. And then they started to plant rice and trying to cultivate and bring back the culture of rice planting. So they're actually actively bringing it back to the community here? Yes, yes. More and more young people now are interested to come and, and look at it. And if they want to be participating in it, they actually can. But you, have, of course you have to enroll first. So we're actually in the middle of a paddy field here and there's some lovely hills behind. It's very picturesque here. We've had some heavy rain just before arriving but it's uh, cleared for us uh, a little bit along here. So we're just uh, walking along the sort of grassy dike and they've got the paddy field below. So about 10 people standing in mud here and being shown how to sow rice. You can see that they are planting the rice uh, from the nursery plant into the uh, paddy field now. And using this method, is uh, each one is about five-finger handful of, of soil and then you put it deep into the uh, mud or the paddy field, about an inch inside, and have to be an inch below the water level. It's very labour-intensive, Yes, isn't it? yes. <laughs> this is the idea of how originally rice was being planted, actually all over Southeast Asia and China. Yeah. yeah, I always find that when I see rice being sown like this, it gives me a new appreciation when it's on my plate, just just the labour that's gone into it. Right, so you can watch them. See, each one of them had uh, like just a palm of like baby rice, I call them baby rice, and then each about five finger pinch, and then they'll have to put it inside. So how come you're involved with this project? Um, I'm friend of Monty. And But I also grow rice in my balcony at home. And I got the seeds uh, from Ming, from Funang. And I totally love it because it's such a blessing to see how a tiny, tiny grain, and then suddenly it can spring out. And then you watch it. I, because I grow it in the balcony, every day I talk to my little baby rice <laughs> and also it's the first time I saw a rice actually have flower the, the rice grow to about one feet and then started to have flower and I said 
I never know that rice have flower, and then it's little white flower, and then I see insects flying around it. And I said, oh, I call Ming. You know, I said, teachers, what should I do? This insect fly. And I said, no, those are good one. They actually pollinate the rice so that it got grain. And so, you know, this is how I get him off. And then I know Monty from about maybe eight years ago, and she's an environmental artist. And then she started doing this. And so, well, can we join hand and do a big project together? And that's why I'm here too. It's an amazing place. I've never been to Lychee War before. We've come on the ferry from Tolo Harbour at 9 o'clock this morning and we'll return at 3.30 and that's the only ferry of the week. Yes, only Sunday. Yes. Yeah. Or else you have to hike. Yeah. Uh, if you don't mind hiking, about two hours hike from Funang. You have to walk, but in the, in the old time, this is how the villagers will bring their crops and bring their produce to the market, to Taipo Market or to Samjan. What, to they sell. would walk? Yeah, they would walk. Wow. Yeah, two and, hours. And yeah. it's also, but I mean, this is a, a relatively uh, easy place to stay. I'd say it's, it's absolutely idyllic. I wouldn't mind being marooned here for a week. Yeah, you can stay here. You know, they now have uh, some empty houses. They are going to renovate it into maybe a hostel. So people who are really interested to come and do farming. Now, there's a variety. I mean, you've mentioned Monty, who's an environmental artist. You yourself have lots of different community hats that you get involved with in different projects. But um, there are also some people here today from MAD or MAD. Yes, yes. MAD is another organization and then they are uh, for young people who wants to know more about art and community and how, how, how to make a difference. Basically, that's their name, you know, MAD, MAD. And then there's also uh, a bunch who I've met previously who are uh, young weavers. Yes, they are going because the tradition of the Hakka people, because they, they have nothing, they very rarely they can go to the market, to the city. So they would do everything from dyeing their own clothes, weave their fabric and also weave the, the beautiful band. Yes, and these are the bands that they would wear from the hats. Right, yes. And, and, and still do. And the, the apron, the hats and the apron. Yes, and yes. that would signify also if they're single married or yes, older ladies. Yes. So, so that, you know, if a young man passed by, they saw uh, the, hat, the ribbon from the hat, they know that, ah, can I court her? Can I say <laughs> something to her? You know, or maybe tease, you know. It's, well, it's become, it, it becomes, seems to be another tradition. So here at Lai Chi War, what sort of projects are you doing? You're doing the rice planting? Actually, we are planning to do art installation with Adobe Brick Multimedia Audio. Basically, it's uh, the singing, the songs, the hill song, the band weaving. We are trying to build a, a Adobe Brick wall. But all the material from the Adobe Brick will be from here. That means that the haystack, the mud, the band we think to decorate the brick and we're trying to build a hut but I don't know if this is successful or not. Oh well, a nice <laughs> ambition so at least to start with a wall so this is um, actually using mud bricks or adobe bricks that, that would be used traditionally in construction yes. of Hakka houses. Yes, yes, this is all traditional rural villages, not just Hakka but basically is all rural around the world, adobe brick, you know, building and it's just happened that you know we got everything here so we will install the memory the audio file and the singing into the adobe brick so this project 
you're creating a wall as such, uh, but but a, a very friendly one where people can you'll, you'll see these hack up braids um, to decorate, but also you can lean your head against yes. the wall. And what what will I be able to hear once this is installed? You will he- you will hear uh, the the Hakka Hill song. The flirting hill song, or the <laughs> lament cry, you know, or, or, or the or the sad song, but also oh, the, oh, the wedding lament. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, maybe you can also hear a story being retold by the residents, the original residents of this village. You know, it's their story of how they survived the Japanese, the Sino-Japanese War, how they survived the 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 big famine, and how. How they a lot of them because uh, they cannot do business anymore here in this village. A lot of them moved to England, and how some of the elderly return back to their own village. What's the population of Lajiwo? Uh When I first came, there's only three elderly people, but now there's more young people. Like Monty will be here like three times. Uh, three nights a week, you know, and there are some actually a young couple actually moved here. Now, is this Hakka or Waitao? What's the difference, and wh- uh, where does it coincide? Uh, this is Hakka. Hakka means that originally they are from uh, central China. Waitao will be the the most. Uh, maybe they are here. Uh, maybe over six hundred years. The Hakka may be about three hundred years. I see. Yeah. I mean, I'm feel quite privileged to be here today i mean you can hear the bird sound behind uh, the running brooks because as i say we've just been coming over in quite heavy rain on the ferry but once it cleared i was i was reminded to a certain extent of lochs in in scotland it's it's hugely picturesque it's a wonderful secret in a way it's, it's beautiful <laughs> it's really beautiful every time i come here i do not want to go back to yeah, the city totally. yeah, yeah 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 just forget the wi-fi yes <laughs> exactly I'm Eric Mankey. I'm from Hong Kong, and I am a community cultural development worker, or community artist. So I basically try to use community art to empower people. I do theater and music and circle painting and different kinds of work. So I sometimes organize projects. I facilitate workshops and I perform. So yes, you also have been involved. I mean, Evelyn Yeliang Khan involves you in some of her ideas and projects. You're one of the artists that works with her. Now, tell me about some of the Hakka culture the songs that you've been involved with. Actually, it's because of Evelyn La that I began to try to understand what Hakka culture is. And it's especially interesting for me because when she asked me to be part of this project, I started to study in Kaohsiung for my master degree in Taiwan. In Taiwan, so there is a huge hacker culture in Taiwan. So I was more aware of all these different stuff. Like they have their, of course, their language, their. Music and their fashion, traditional way of having their clothes, and also those cultural way of organizing their families. So 
It's really interesting, and it's a bit similar to Hong Kong Hakka, and also different. So when I'm involved in this project, it opens up a lot for me. And when you say the cultural way in which they organize their families, what do you mean by that? I mean people have this stereotype that the Hakka family really puts focus on the boys, but not the girls. So they they gave a lot of opportunities for the boys to either to get the property of the family, basically the farms, and also they have the opportunity to go to university, you know, to really excel in academic. So girls, Hakka girls, have been famous for hard working, for taking care of the family, for not. Making a fuss about how hard they work—that is very traditional. And even my Hakka friends said that girls, they said it's still somehow like that in some more remote places. So for me, it's quite a new thing to learn because in Hong Kong we don't feel that so obviously. Even your Hakka or your Hoklo or. Whatever you don't have that much of a traditional way of organizing family anymore, but it's very strong in Taiwan. But at the same time, because they have all this way of preserving their traditions, they also preserved their music and their language and the way of farming and the way of、uh, growing their own crops to make their own clothes. You know all those stuff. So it's a Bit of pros and cons of this tradition of Hakka culture. So you really, over the years,、uh, through studying in Taiwan and through cooperating on various projects with Evelinia, you've learnt a lot about the Hakka culture. Now, in one of the traditional houses here at Lai Chi Wu, you've you've got your guitar here.、Yeah. So you've been actually also studying how the Hakka music or the Hakka songs. I would be. Too humble to say I have studied it.、Uh, basically, when I was involved in this project, I tried to research for the Hakka music. It's not easy to get it from Hong Kong, and I tried to get some from Taiwan, but because of the language barrier, I can't really get into it. The lyrics and what they mean, why they need to put the melody in such ways. The good thing is. Evelina didn't give me the whole topic like Hakka music, you know, <laughs> in general. So she asked me to try to get the essence of the mountain song or hill song. So I listened to dozens of them, and they have very similar melodic structure. So I try to mimic the Hakka music. While doing a workshop with some social workers in Hong Kong, when I work with Evelina in Lai Chi Wu, so we created some songs. And to have that workshop, I made a sample by myself. Yeah. Okay. And so you you sort of take this essence of the Hakka singing from the mountains, from the everyday life here in the countryside. So tell me about the song that you're going to sing. Okay. It's about Lai Chi Wu, basically, because in Hakka Mountain Song, they have the majority of these Hakka Mountain songs are about romance. You know, male and female they sing to each other. You know, for their happiness, something like that. But also they sing about their life. You know, the hardship or their daily life, in a very metaphoric way. 
but I couldn't do it, you know, as much as the um, the previous master did. So I tried to make a very simple way of describing the environment of Lai War into the song. So it was describing the place and also describing the day when we came here in Lai War. So what's the name of your song? It's called Hakka Village. Sanchangsuyunyudapsuna 所以我想問一下,這個地道 Fun and or insider, you know, joke or about that. I'm not sure about the origin, but that's how he presented to us. So we keep it because we think that's the essence of the Hong Kong haka. That's good fun. No, I mean where we are in Lai Chi War, there's been these various projects on the go, not just through Evelynia and yourself and others, but uh, other artists, but also there's been other involvement from other bodies in order to sort of kind of reinvigorate the village and also bring back some of the, its traditions such as rice planting. Now when you're singing haka songs, what do haka people think of your haka songs? Uh, I'm not brave enough to ask you. <laughs> Because I've heard, you know, Hakka people are very traditional, so they may really blame me for ruining their music. But uh, it's my, it's like my gift, you know. I try my best to make it, but I hope they like it, you know. <laughs> My name is Gladys Chiu. Actually, I've learned how to make the band about a year. And it is a very interesting skill. My teacher is an old woman who lives in Long Yatao. Oh, wow. Okay, yes. so you've got it straight from the expert. Do you, are you Hakka at all or are you just interested in the culture? No, I'm not Hakka people, but I'm very interested in Hakka culture. Now, tell me about the different bands and what they mean. The band, actually, it is used for decorating the haka head and the pattern has different pattern, have different symbolic meaning inside. So very interesting. I think it's difficult to find the literature in Hong Kong. So sometimes I just hear the history from my master. Yeah, the, the women themselves. Yes. Yeah, well, uh, that's who's got it. You know, these ladies who were in their 80s or 90s. So, uh, and you meet her yes, before. Yes. yes. Now, I was just looking at one of your students and almost like wear a belt around your waist and then attach yes. several pieces of thread. Yes, before making the band, first we need to wear a belt around our 
ways. And then first we need to organize the thread in order first and make the and use bamboo trip to make the loom. Yeah, yes. I mean it's very it's very effective. But it's very simple for people to set up. You know, you've just got this uh, yes. piece of bamboo that you use in order to keep all of the, well, what stitches or whatever. Every time that you loop a, um, a thread through, you kind of move the bamboo down. Yes, the concept is similar to the weaving in some Western culture. Yeah, some of the ones that I saw that you've been working with last week, I mean, some are quite simple, and then, then others are really quite intricate and, and yes. interesting. First, they just make the plain weaving, and then uh, after they can get the concept, and the second lesson, I teach them how to make pattern. My name is Lai Yi, Monty, English name, and I moved here in 2014 as a volunteer to learn farming, basically rice farming at the very beginning. That's the beginning of the project here. And I came also as uh, with a role of an artist. So when I applied, I was thinking maybe I can introduce the idea of environmental arts to this village, maybe organize some art festival in the village but now you're knee-deep in mud. <laughs> yep, definitely. And I soon changed my mind because I think just bringing the festival here doesn't mean anything at all except like photo-ticking mm. opportunities for the visitors. I, I prefer people to have some hands-on experience like get into the mud, being here for at least one whole day to experience the environment, nature, the people here, the culture, the history... That's, that's a more in-depth experience of the village, not just like, oh, this is a beautiful village and I will take home with a picture. I want them to take home the memories, the experience, instead of just a picture. Well, you've got so involved now, you actually rent a house here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I rent a house at the very beginning, like just like four, four months after I joined the programme. And since I'm an artist, freelance artist, so I'm very used to having a studio space so renting a space here just like to replace my studio in the city so what kind of art do you do i do environmental art and basically i get inspiration from nature and now i get my inspiration not just from nature but also from the farming practice here and so i borrow it and then bring it to the city here today, you've had, what, students actually helping you or volunteers? No, they are not my students. Uh, they are my friends. And because probably it's my uh, last season, my last fry season here. So I'm thinking maybe it's a good chance to let our friends join us. Not just my friend, but like friends' friends as well. So, so why is it your last? I'm thinking uh, first, hard to say though, you're right. But uh, now, um, usually we have two seasons in one year. And then this year I plan to do just one season because um, I will join Evelina for the art project. So probably I won't have spare time to do the farming part, the rice farming part, because it's very, very tiring <laughs> and labor intensive because I insist to do it with hands, with my hands or like without machinery, because I think this is the best way to get in touch with our land. I have a very good chance to know about the soil, know about the process and the changes 
in the soil in, in my paddy field. It's so tiring, but like I enjoyed it so much. <laughs> because I first met you this morning, and yeah. um, I just come in by the ferry. But I think you'd started hours before, and uh, you know, and, and as you say, it's a long day, and we've had several big downpours of rain. But is that actually good for the rice? Yeah, actually, it is okay to rain when we do the transplanting, but uh, if it is like pouring this evening for hours and hours, it will be a problem to like the seedlings maybe drift away with the water. So that's my biggest concern here. But um, it seems okay. We pray in the temple. I I, I did this morning over some oranges. <laughs> Now, with the actual residents here, when you first came here in 2014, there was only about three residents? Including me, around that number, yeah. Yeah. And now? Now I can't count, but probably more, maybe around six. Oh, still a very small community. Very small community. Yeah. But people come and go every day, yeah. So it will be actively, there will be like around 20 people here, actively. Now, have you so have you brought rice planting back to the village in a, in a sense? Well, I think at the very beginning, the, that's the intention of the project, and they have another farm over there. Like people also doing uh, paddy rice farming in the village. So, in some sense, I think yes, yeah, people do enjoy seeing the rice field here in the village, and uh, it. Uh, kind of inspire the villagers to talk more about their experience in the village and and show them, yeah, there are some young people or some outsider willing to take 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 the chance to continue the culture. Now, unfortunately, I'm going to go and I have to go and uh, get the ferry from Lychee Wall back to Taylor Harbour. Back but to I, reality. Yeah, I know, but I hope it's not my last time here. I'd love to come back and see how this develops and what else have you got planned with the villagers and how do, how do they feel about you know other people coming in and and uh, perhaps regenerating some of this culture i think they are very positive and they love to interact with us and the most important thing is i think they treasure their village their their memories that's why even though we're we are the first group of outsiders to stay or to rent a house here in the village but i think they they really enjoyed having us here in the village now if i don't get my ferry apparently it's a, it's a yeah it's a two-hour hike which direction is fanling well my record should be uh, less than an hour about 50 minutes from taipo wugaotang to here all right so it's a good path I like it. Yeah, I like it. Okay, it's Is not that when too you, long. When you take your rice to market, <laughs> that was like fifty years ago. <laughs> the villagers would do that. But uh, for me, when we before we get the uh, permit, the to enter Shuttlecock restricted area, we we need to hike. That's how the route I took. And once in a while, I I would take the same route back to the city to Taipo. And uh, some I would sometimes I would take the end uh, a little bit longer route, but uh, I can go back to the new territories, yeah, to Shangshui area. I shall <laughs> let you get back while you still okay. got light in the day. I'll let you yeah. get back to your rice planting. Thank you so much for coming. <laughs> oh, my pleasure. Thank you. Yeah. Come back. Yeah, we'll do. Yeah.
My thanks to Evelynia Liang Can, Monty Lai Wai Yi, Eric Man Ki, and Gladys Chu, talking there in the historic Hakka village of Lai War in Plover Cove Country Park. I then left the team planting rice and took a walk back to the pier for the 3.30pm ferry from Lai War to Tolo Harbour. It's a lovely trip of an hour and a half with hills on either side and it's only as you come towards the city that you begin to see high rises again. Lai War really shows Hong Kong in all its rural splendour. Thanks for listening and join me next week on Hong Kong Heritage. <laughs>